1: Now get 0% APR or up to $1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details.
3: Hi. right. You're rolling with Jason and John, 92.9 of ESPN. Hopefully, you're having a successful hump day so far, August 3rd. Or Chris Harrington doesn't like August. John, how you feel about August? August
4: are like the, uh, well, they're, 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 there's good and bad, right? There's good, which is we are, as you would say, closer than ever to football. Right? It's, true. it's true. Every day we're closer than ever.
3: True, and I don't get the feeling that Harrington really cares about football, so that might be one of the reasons, right? We right. can start to taste it. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm.
4: What is that delicious smell? And then...
3: It's a pigskin cookie. Yeah,
4: yeah, and then... It's a little triggering for me and a little traumatizing because Sam, as a school teacher goes back to work in full.
3: Oh, I see. So I always like a little bittersweet for you.
4: Yeah, it's all you know. It's it's so good to have mom at home with Riley every single day, every minute of the day. That that mm-hmm. that you
5: can't put a price on that.
3: But this is the month of kids going back to school, isn't it, Brad? That and that's a good feeling as
5: a parent. I enjoy this time of the year. It's the most normal, you know. It's not an exhausting sports schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels so delightful most days. I mean, it is hot. I I get Chris's point on that. What's your memory or thoughts on uh, August? Do you like August, Jason? Uh, I'm kind of with Chris. Long, hot, maybe a little overrated, probably. One thing Chris didn't mention...
3: A lot of people starting new jobs in August, see? Hmm, interesting. That, and that's that, That's one thing about it. So you're going in, it's a new place to work and all that yeah. kind of stuff sometimes. and t- That's not all that great because what we know is vacations have ended. Now you're restarting your year. I remember I started at the CA in August. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah, yeah, What's yeah, yeah. it like starting in August? It's not fun it's not, cause, because it's a slow time. You uh, you get you know that, That's what I'm saying. Your I football's gotcha. just getting going. Your basketball hasn't started. Mm-hmm. It's not all that fun. So I put it a little lower on that. I am happy, though. That my kid will be starting school on Monday.
4: Yeah, August school. August is the last. It's the last opportunity to take a breath before the sports calendar gets gets wild. Yeah, yep. It's the last opportunity to really sort of. You got your. It's relaxing. You're entering the last few days, right? I mean, because tomorrow we're gonna have NFL football. That's right oh yeah I mean, not really oh it'll be it'll be real it'll be real you'll know some of the players
3: real in the sense they'll have Raider jerseys on
4: and Jaguar jerseys don't forget them
3: I, I'm looking for Dylan Parham so I'm gonna find some positives out of this there thing there you yeah. go yeah. Jason Pork Tiger
4: Jason has promised he's gonna come in on Friday with a full report a full game report
3: well I, what I want to see is if the Raiders look like a last place team in the <laughs> West because that's where it seems like all the sports books yeah. have them yeah. you know, remember this last year? Your boy watched preseason close, and what did I tell you about the Titans defense? Didn't I give you a little sneak peek? You did. Didn't I? I need, I need And what I did y'all say? You need to go back and get the tape. You laughed at me. I did You laugh. said preseason doesn't matter. Right. It doesn't mean a damn thing. It's
4: funny you're even watching. It, yeah. What happened? They ended up Titans being one of the best defenses in defense the NFL. was a monster. It was an yeah.
3: absolute monster. Mm-hmm. Okay, so we'll see what I peep out this preseason.
4: I'm excited to see what
3: you do indeed yeah. uncover. And indeed. <laughs> Might be that y'all have no depth. And you're going to finish last in the West. Well, Although I I'm, I go into this thinking higher of you. Well, here's the thing. Really Josh do.
4: McDaniels is going to, like, actually be taking this seriously because it's his, you know, I mean, it's and his he first. he will
3: be under the microscope.
4: Yeah, so I'm looking forward to your uh, ob- your own observations. Yeah, I'll
3: bring them to the table for you.
4: 7 o'clock Thursday on NBC.
3: Congrats on that.
4: Looking forward uh, to that. I do have some action o- over at Superbook on this game. Oh. So, I, yes, I did bet preseason. Get Get, get out of here. Oh, for sure, I bet preseason. Come on now,
3: first foot I told you it's like a desert for him, and this yeah. is, this Bro, is you're an oasis on, in the desert. He's betting on
4: WNBA games. Oh, I'm you, it's a hell desert yes! I am betting the hell
5: out of WNBA games. Well, it sounds
3: like he's betting and winning.
4: Yes,
5: mm-hmm. DJ like,
3: right we, now.
4: Hey, hey, it's only a problem if you lose. Mm-hmm. That, that that's my fundamental view, right? No, hey, wifey don't complain. You know, if wifey gets a new car, does she? It don't matter how you came about that money. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody asking no questions. She just got a new car.
3: All right, blood money. All right, don't matter. It's starting to sound like Barkley over there. Yeah, we all take the blood money. Yeah,
4: like Bryce and DeChambeau. Did mm-hmm. you see his analogy today? And you're hard on my analogies, but this one was an all-timer. Well, what you know he he's not
3: very smart. What did he say?
4: He said, <laughs> "Oh no." He said it's like, say you have a pizza shop that's open for 50 years, okay. and everybody likes going to that pizza shop. Styles Pizza. But then mm-hmm. a competitor opens up. And they start paying those customers to come over there and
5: eat. That's what's happening. So what? 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 He kind of miscalculated the analogy there. Well, yeah.
4: You, you, typically, oh, no. a golfers are not customers. Right. They're employees. You're right. Yeah. They're employees. So the better analogy would have been <laughs> if they gave those employees at that pizza place a raise. Better
5: analogy. You know. Yeah.
4: And then they, and then yeah. put that pizza place out of business. Come on over here and work. But mm-hmm. but Bryce and Deschambault is a blockhead and therefore like he's one of those guys who thinks he like says something mm-hmm. and it's very like profound <laughs> but it's like really dumb
3: yeah you remember him during COVID.
4: And all that. Oh, that's right. Yes. He said and lots of dumb things. Yeah, Calkins thing went Calkins, viral. Calkins, Calkins yeah. shut
3: him down, is what it what happened. Well, my, and he yeah. stopped oh, talking. He, yeah. stopped talking. Yeah, he stopped yeah. talking to the media, yeah. started the print media, after Calkins yeah. did him yeah. in. Well, yeah. Yeah. With what the the Calkins' bomb? Stop asking me column. stupid fucking
4: questions. Because yeah, Calkins undressed him. You one of the more underrated things while we're on the subject of COVID, and we do have a big show planned for big show today. Mark Giannotti is going to join us at 1125. Right. Then Anthony Sane is going to join us at 125. Is going to be in studio, Jason?
3: Uh, That's the plan for now. Okay. He'll be on. Hey, phone.
4: I am not trying to put pin anybody I phone down. You know, I get it, it man. Yeah. You I know, get Sane it. Saying out here hustling. Absolutely, You so. might have to do it over the phone. Nothing but respect for for Anthony. Saying mm. um, one of the more underrated pieces from our interview with Mississippi State coach Mike Leach earlier in the week. All right, Bubba. We didn't we didn't address that this.
1: Was great, Brad.
4: It mm. needs to be addressed. All right, Bubba. I asked him a question and maybe it was my fault might have been right maybe it was like you know that Jordan commercial Mm -hmm. maybe I was too good maybe it was my fault Mm -hmm. maybe I ruined the game (laughs) Right? right I asked Mike Leach what would you tell the disenchanted college football fan over the about the last two summers that was your lead yeah and Mike Leach said well COVID's over so you know we're Glad to be back to a little bit of normalization. All right, yeah. Bubba. And I was like, you know, I, that was not a COVID question, right? Y- but you're... clearly, Mike Leach had COVID. Like he wanted some, he, he wanted to get some things off his chest about COVID.
3: Apparently yeah. so. I <laughs> thought you were a little broad. Maybe you should have been a little bit more, more direct. You, guess, you gave him that opening to go COVID yeah, door. My fault.
4: But I, I, that was part of what's different. In fairness to yes. the question asker, though, COVID was not mentioned.
3: Was now here's the question: Was he in the cargo shorts when he talked to us?
4: I'm assuming he you was. 100 percent
3: laid back. 100%. That's
4: how you get to Bubba. Yeah. When you're in the car, All right,
3: Bubba. He had his hand above his head at that point on Hell the phone when yeah. he's about tired. He's like, all right, Bubba, this yeah. is good. Good talk, <laughs> Bubba. Now, the
4: interview was going really well until you started asking about the left tackle.
3: Can a brother ask some football questions around? He got more down about it. Nothing about he didn't that. He like
4: that question. When I started,
3: we started asking him football, he lost his uh, left tackle to the NFL. But yeah. Brother Cross is mm-hmm.
4: gone. Charles Cross. Well, that's probably a trigger for him. Right. He probably doesn't like thinking about replacing what, Big we, Hoss Chuck Cross.
3: We're here in Memphis, we're trying to find
4: weaknesses. Yeah, I like it. Well yeah, he, he didn't like that. He sniffed it out, man. He no. sniffed it out. Anyway, yeah, that was anyway. from uh mm. that was from earlier in the uh in the week. So if you missed that you should definitely uh you should yeah, definitely yeah. check it out. But hey, we got some over unders to do. Let's get it. It's Jason and John's over under. Over over
0: under under
5: All right, let's start out in the NFL for our over-under segment here with Jason and John. And, John, I'll throw this to you and catch you a little off guard. I don't know if our staff ran these by you. It's about Tom Brady. The number of seasons Tom Brady, who just turned 45 today, will play before he retires. Our linesmiths have set the line number at one and a half years. Is that over or under in your estimation, John Martin? Over. Under. So we know for a fact
4: that um, he's going to play one more season. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's a done deal. He's we got one of those games. done, yeah. And he's the second he's the second uh has the second highest odds uh, of of any team um to win a Super Bowl, right? Tampa Buccaneers. They're second in the uh second in the odds. He's got a great chance to do it. Uh, everybody's back, like usual, right? Godwin's gonna eventually come back. They added Julio Jones. The
3: gauge addition to a little is, bit. Yep.
4: Ro- underrated, mm-hmm. right? Got a real quarterback, a real situation there. Low key but could really help. <sighs> he's forty five. I'll say under. I think this is it for him. I think he's gonna. I think there's a good chance. Oh. I think there's a good chance he is in the Super Bowl, and if he's in the Super Bowl, then he obviously, as we know, has an amazing chance to win that game. So I think if he wins the Super Bowl, he's definitely done. Uh, I don't think there's any question about it. You know, the, the the wild card is if he gets there, and he falls short. I think he maybe could run it back one more time, but I think, like, if he, if, like, if they lose in, like, the, you know, second round of the playoffs, right? I think he's calling it a career. Cause he's like, ah, uh, you know, we're, we're not that close. You know, we, we, we can't, we can't beat the Rams or whoever it ends up being, right? Mm-hmm. This is two straight years he's lost to the Rams. um, Yeah. It's, it's so, so I'll say, I'll say under if he gets to the Super Bowl, right? If he, if, 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 uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's under. It's under. Jason, it's under.
3: Before the tampering stuff came out with Stephen Ross, I'd said over easy because I always thought he was going to end up with the Dolphins down there with the owner, obviously. And <laughs> yeah. clearly the uh, uh, the Dolphins, we saw the news yesterday, You know, they lose a draft pick because of the tampering involved Tom Brady, mm-hmm. Sean Payton that the on- went all the way up to ownership levels to the point that Goodell said, I've never seen anything like this before. It's clear that Stephen Ross and fellow Michigan man, wanted to get Tom wants to get wanted to get Tom Brady at some point, maybe still does, again depending upon what two is going to look like. So I was convinced at one point he would definitely play more than just this last year with Tampa Bay. That he would probably play another one with Miami the year after. I do wonder whether these tampering, you know, not just charges now, they're found guilty of doing it if it changes that up. There's nothing that says that Tom Brady can't eventually go there. Right, I mean, Stephen Ross has got a suspension right now. He's got a fine. What's really happening to Tom Brady on this? Nothing, right? Not, not technically. Mm-hmm. There's nothing to prevent him from going. I, I'm still going to lean that way, that because Tom sees the weapons there, because he's got his Michigan man who's already got a relationship with and Stephen Ross, that, and I'm banking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers not winning a Super Bowl this year, right. that he's going to want to give it another go. With a team that he thinks got a little bit better weapons, younger. You know those dolphin receivers so you, so looking you awfully think he, good. You
4: think he would go somewhere
3: I, else. I, I, I think he ends up playing somewhere else and wow. we're over. Interesting. We're, o- we're ended up with two more seasons for Tom. Wow. That was it's, cra- no, it's
4: not the people were already
3: speculating. I'm not, not the first no, person not. to speculate that no, no, Tom no. would be they, leaving Tampa Bay after this year. They, they no. have Waddle, they have Miami was one of uh, the targets. Right. Miami was beforehand clearly, I mean everybody was talking there's a buzz in rightfully oh, hell, Stephen Ross was wooing him and trying to get him, and he's tried to do it a couple times now. So I, I'm just going to bank still that it's over yeah. and that it's actually he's with another team for that second that makes year. Sense. So I'm going over the one and a half. All right, over, over and
5: under. Let's go to Memphis Tigers football. Today is the uh, opening of practice for our Memphis Indeed. Tigers football squad. Very excited about that. You can go as part of the media. However, do not take pictures or tweet out any reference to formations or anything about the practice that might assimilate with a competitive advantage for someone if you are in the media. However, you can cover the team if you want to. Uh, Seth Hennigan last year passed for 3,300 yards. Passing yards in 2022-23. Over, 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 for over. Seth, over. anything is possible. Hennigan, knew thirty-five, Honey, John Martin, over, under, didn't even need the number. Over,
4: uh, why not? I mean, this is a guy who is going to be a premier signal caller in college football this year. He is composed. He is, uh, you know, accurate. Right? He is going to, I think, take big developmental steps. I just he had a he had a an air about him and a disposition about him last year that you just do not see. From true freshman quarterbacks, I think he's special. I think he's a special prospect.
3: Well we know what you think. Now, could, man, is he, is my he, goodness, is he an NFL
4: guy? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. But do I think he can can have over thirty five? And I think he'll need to. To be quite honest with you, uh, I don't really. I mean, the, the, the running back situation. We don't. It's 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 a wild card because Brandon Thomas like got lost in the Bermuda Triangle last year. Yeah. I, I think bumbles he's, and injuries. Yeah, I think he, he's back. I think he has found his way back. Yeah. But but he definitely did disappear. He vanished for a while. Well, that's why you go out and get a ducker. And then Ducker is case. you know, but he's coming from a lower level. So it's just it's hard to know how much you can rely. Now look, if they had you're telling me they got Daryl Henderson and Antonio Gibson and Gainwell, okay. Like it's different. Yeah. But I do think they're gonna lean on Seth to make plays, you know, and get them out of jams. And and, and so yeah, I think uh I think thirty five hundred hundred is definitely an over play. Um, you know, and if you go under that, you're just a, you're a bona fide hater. Uh, and it, <laughs> this man is mispositioning. And, and you're just, He already knows you're tr- where I'm going. You're He's trying, trying to set it up. To, he is circumvent. leading the
5: witness. You're trying
4: to circumvent and I get got, Tevin I, Carter in there. I got some numbers for you. Please.
3: How many times do you think Brady White went over? What's the number here? 35? 35 honey. I would How many guess, times, John?
4: I would guess he went over at least once. Just once. Yeah. And you didn't, you couldn't stand him.
5: Wow. He is painting he was Deacon Dunk. a picture, now, J- Jason, that Seth, is not flattering. Seth was at 3,300 last year, right? Yes. Okay. little Bra- over,
4: 3,320.
3: Brady- Brady's best year was 4,000 in 2019, 4,014, uh-huh. okay? That was yep. his best year. Did not go over 3,500 any other year. A lot of weapons. Last year was thirty-three. You just hit what I'm going to They're going to get the run game back. He's not going to have to do as much passing. And frankly, with so many unproven receivers, we just think they're going to come out bombing, throwing for 350, 400 yards. I mean, if they do, God bless them, because you'd love to see that Memphis offense get more explosive. But clearly – for Ryan Silverfield, who comes from the run game background, what you got to do in part of go-getting Ducker was getting the home run hitters back yep. in there. Hopefully Brandon Thomas can be that for them again and do it on a you know consistent basis all through a season, get over the fumbles, get over the injuries. But you got another guy back there in Ducker, and hopefully for them it's a little bit more balanced, right, where you've got a run game now that you can feed off of and Hennigan isn't having to throw for that many yards. So I'm not going under because I'm a hater. Hopefully I've I've laid that out there, and John can't can't call me that here based on some sound reasoning. I'm going under because Memphis is going to have a better running game this year, sort of going back to the past where, again, they're not asking of their quarterback go throw for 3,500, 4,000 yards.
4: That would be great. That would be fantastic. That would be fantastic if they have a great running game. But I would also throw at you – Riley Ferguson never had a year at Memphis under 3,600 yards passing the ball. The gunner, Riley Ferguson. Well, look, don't you think Is he closer to Riley? Is he closer to Brady White? Uh, I mean, you could take the average of those two guys, right? And you're still going to get to about 3,500 probably. Don't you think there needs to be a, a, a commitment to explosiveness for Ryan Silverfield and Memphis now with
3: where they well, are? Part of what makes you more explosive is having home run hitters in the backfield. That's what's been missing. And so, again, you asking, you're asking for all these explosive plays to come just from the passing game at a time where you're making a transition. That's a lot to ask. John, so much of the explosiveness in the past was having a Daryl Henderson back there, right? Those guys were the the game wills. Those guys were the ones that could make you even more explosive. And, and John, made it easier for you to go up top because defenses are having to play you so honest because of the run game. So, so again, to to your point. But remember, you had Calvin Austin last year. A proven guy in there. You're looking for guys to prove themselves now. You know, starting with Ivory. Hopefully, they do. Yep. But there's no, you know, there's no go-to right now. You've still got to develop that if you're Hennigan. Anyway, I- I'm banking on better run game. It- it- it's fair if you don't want to. So, do you think Seth's gonna have a worse year at quarterback? It's not a worse year, necessarily, if you throw for a couple less yards. That, that, that's sort of what I'm laying out here. Brady White had some good years, but he also had some backfields a couple of those years. And so it's not necessarily a bad year, John, if you throw for another 3,300. If you throw for 3,200, but you've got a run game that, hell, for half the season really was was carrying you. Right. You, know, you see what
4: I'm saying? Yeah, so Paxton Lynch, as a sophomore, had 3,000 yards. Now, of course, that team was totally... Uh, Coming from the bottom, right? I mean, that team was coming from as a as a uh, as a junior. He had thirty seven hundred yards, which kind of puts it in perspective too. The game has changed a little bit since twenty fifteen as well, um, and I, I think the point we made about Seth Hennigan last week with Doc was actually a good one. That even though he's Seth is going to be a sophomore, mm-hmm. it's almost like a, a season two of a freshman year. Because you're having to start so over with your weapons, weapons you made, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah, that was your question. And so that's right. going to be that is going to be the 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 key and uh-huh. the big question is like, all right, Eddie Lewis, Javon Ivory, you know, are these guys going to be dependable enough? Mm-hmm. And and look, that they're they're starting training camp today. Like we'll we'll find that's all why that out why we're about this. We'll find all that out. Um, but I mean that's fine. I I, I do yeah, think not, it would be he's wise. Saying, I'm not be, hating. No, you're, you're, I think
3: there's sound reason to believe that he it, might go under. It would be great 3, if,
4: if uh you know they had a, a legitimate running back option emerge. They need it. They do. And, need and it, And really yes. more
3: than one. Their best offenses have been when they've had more than one guy back there that could that could hurt you. And so uh, getting back to that, I think so important for. Again, you're also trying to sell tickets. You're trying to be an offense that gets up and down, gets off the 30 points per game, gets back to the 40 of 2019. And so, you know, hopefully that happens for them. And I think if you get a pickup in the run game, it can absolutely. It's not all on Seth shoulders. It
5: feels like Silverfield is more like Fuente was than Norvell. He doesn't do the explosive thing. He's not flashy with the offense. It feels a lot more like it's it's like uh, like back to Norvell. John, uh, if they've uh, got Fuente. no it, John, if they've got no run game
3: and they're playing catch up all the time, yeah. you better believe Seth Hennigan's going to go over.
2: Yeah.
5: But
3: hopefully, again, it's a it's a run game that can get you leads to the point that you're not having to to air it out to to win games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, hopefully, you get a I, little I, more balance. Point. That's I, all
4: I'm asking for. I would say on the Fuente point though, Brad, it felt like it wasn't explosive because the team the team stunk, right? For many of for many of those but they they set Memphis records offensively
5: in twenty fourteen. I believe at that time they scored the most ever in the history of, of Memphis in, in, in twenty fourteen. I, I hear you. The thing I was shocked by was something you just said though. When you said that, you know, Paxton only had thirty five hundred his mm-hmm. junior year.
4: Yeah, thirty seven hundred in senior year, yeah.
5: God, it done it felt like it was a million, man. Yeah, they scored four hundred and seventy one points in twenty fourteen. That was uh that was the record by about forty one points. And there were explosive plays. You got Miller in the back corner of the end zone and he's chucking forty yarders. Yeah, I mean that but they had they had a run game too though. You yeah, know Fuente, Fuente kept you know running. He balanced backs. it. That's what I'm saying. He's more like yeah. Silverfield. Silverfield's more like that man. He doesn't you don't want to just start chucking and doing short passes like Mississippi State. He's he's trying to run and throw. You yeah. know, well, you know Fuente,
4: Fuente was him. Puente was that dude yeah. at Memphis. You know, I mean, I and like I like, I had just, a
5: command for that, that team, man. He and was and really he just smart.
4: He, he what he did at Memphis to me was more impressive than what Norvell did at Memphis I agree with that. because of where he had to start. Sure, Right. I mean, Norvell got handed a very healthy. That's program. where you get the baton. I think yeah. that's fair. Yeah. So, yeah, so like if fair. you, you know,
5: again, Norvell elevated it. Absolutely. Um, I have even more respect for Justin after seeing what Paxton, no disrespect to Paxton yeah. that he was a gamer. You know, the fact that he he was not he was playing video games all the time and Quentin yeah. was able to take a six seven dude There's and get no him doubt. in there and figure that
4: out. Find man. him. Sheesh. Then develop him into a first round NFL pick and played him over Piano yeah.
5: Man. Like everybody's like, yeah. why the hell are we doing this? No, nah, Fuente you know? was Fuente was really really freaking nah, good. No, that's good. All right, let's go to school is starting, man, and we're in the thick of it. Jason and I talked about this. You'll be there pretty soon, John. Uh, whether it's preschool or you know Shelby County is is starting. Was it Monday? I mean, mm-hmm. we are there. We are we're getting ready for school. The amount of money acceptable <laughs> to pay for a new backpack with school starting on Monday for Shelby County. Fifty dollars is what our linesmiths have set. Over, Look, let me ask you this Jason, before, go ahead.
3: Let me ask you this before we get to the over under on fifty dollars here: Is there an age where the backpack's on you? Right, that's the, a good question. If like the kids, a kid? a, if the kids, a junior or senior in high school, is that on? If he wants a expensive yeah. backpack, is that then on him? Think, is there a yeah. handoff point? I, I think so when no. you're as a parent, you're junior it's no longer school. on yeah. you. Yeah, we had okay. this talk at our house. Okay. But, you, but well, that's, I mean, that's okay. way down okay. the line. Okay, that, well, that's the cap. I just want to make yeah. sure. All right. Yeah. So, Brad and I are in different phases. Yeah. I've got a third grader. You've got a... He's a freshman. you got, you got a grown man in we your house. Year old you got a 14-year-old freshman
5: going into school. Right.
3: Um, I think $50 is high for a third-grade backpack. Yeah, it's a lot.
5: Third-grade backpack? It's a lot. Again,
3: am I a hater here if I go under for not getting my kid a $80 Nike backpack going into third grade that he's going to drop a couple books in, but more importantly, spill a whole lunch out of. Oh, yeah. Going to be some Capri Sun in the bottom of it, all sticky and nasty. And so, again, I think there's levels to this. Maybe once, once I'm out at elementary, I'm mm-hmm. willing to go up a little higher here. But for me, over 50 on a third-grade backpack is foolishness. I'm going under here. Again, there's levels to this. John,
4: what do you think? Well, I'm not there. I mean, when I when I I mean, I haven't had to buy a backpack, uh, you know, for a child yet. So I'm not I'm not mm-hmm. there. I'm not. What, but when I heard it, it didn't sound
5: absurd to me. It felt like everything is fifty bucks now. I, thought, I think that's where I landed when I went through this exercise. Everything is fifty bucks. Everything yeah, what's is not fifty bucks. Fi- no, no. Everything is a damn fifty dollar. It is, Jason. That's the thing. It is things are expensive.
3: as it, all it get is out. for teenagers. Where, where, where you, it is where for teenagers. Are you, where, where, where are you that's what your I'm backpacks, saying. Man. It is for teenage dude. I'll go to Target and get a third grade backpack. Not for 20, that. no, Why, why, why does my third no, grader right. have to be the freshest dude in the school and have the best backpack? I, just I think, think that's what we Again, were. I think there's mm-hmm. levels. So you to want
4: it. so you want your child to have an absolutely miserable experience in school? He's third grade. He doesn't observe you know, the backpack at that okay, age. You know
3: what they're looking? They're
4: looking at your shoes. Yeah. Pro, this is third he, he, grade. He got, bro. He
3: got fresh now, shoes. Now I can understand for your yeah. son going in there. You you it's it, here's another thing. Girls. Oh yeah. Right. So that comes into. The equation, especially for boys, obviously. Mm-hmm. So I want a cooler backpack. Maybe I want leather this year. You know what I'm saying? So I get going up. I'm with it in yeah. in the upper yeah. years in middle school and beyond. But come on, third grade, you going over fifty dollars for your third grader? That's
5: a, that's this a, all came up those, by the way. Maybe fifty for the pair of shoes, but for the backpack, we were talking about the Boys and Girls Club. Bain supplied these backpacks for these kids. It yeah, I great think thing. for the teenagers, it's like shoes. It, that's what I'm finding can, out.
4: Can the backpacks not be used from third to fourth to fifth, or will they, you know? Yes, they can. Yes. Right. and I've done that. So before, you can't too. invest fifty dollars for some three hand years. Some hand-me-down stuff. I'm just saying, man, you kind of stingy over there.
3: Again, he he ain't gonna want the same one, John. You stingy. you bank it on fifty dollar investment for three years. What kind Give of backpack 50 you buy for him? three years. Like,
4: okay, well, Hello Kitty? What you, what, you mean? You, we
3: haven't got one yet. You know why? Face gonna go get, get face getting one. Oh, you mm. put it on faith. She's she's already got it handled, and I guarantee you that thing won't be more than twenty dollars. Gonna be
4: Target.
5: Target has not good backpacks. Target. No, Target has good backpacks. They're probably gonna charge you thirty though. I like,
4: go to I go to Target and I sneeze and I lost fifty bucks. Oh, it's fifty bucks like, to I look mean, at Target. It's crazy. I'm so like,
3: so y'all looking at me crazy because you're over here. You're I'm not. Think, I'm not looking think at I'm you crazy. crazy for going under on fifty for a third grade uh-uh. backpack. I did Come this. On, man. I did this all look look the way you, through middle inflation, school.
4: out. Inflation.
3: That's because uh, your daughter's got like a Louis Vuitton uh, yeah, diaper bag. She already bag. got an embossed. That's what we are dealing with
5: over here. Embossed gift bag, custom. Gift Louis Vuitton yeah, bag. Yeah, got her I'm name a, I'm etched a, I'm, in
4: I'm, it. I'm a girl, dad, so I just I expect yeah, you, to spend money. Huh, you okay. know, like I'm I you're just you're gonna spend. That's the way it is. It's just gonna I'm I'm gonna spend money <sighs> on things.
3: I'm not a cheapskate because I say under here on a third grade Bro, backpack he has under a, fifty bucks. He had
4: a diaper bag, bag that was like Louis Vuitton to
5: wipe ass.
4: I know. We need to call child services on you, man. I mean you are subjecting that young man to all kinds of tra- potential trauma that will shape his future because you don't want to spend 45 bucks we, on we, a backpack
3: look, We are out here in the mud, John. That's the way I'm raising him. No, you know what I'm bruh. saying? We are in the mud. You got to get it out of the no, mud. You got to okay. get it yourself. You want a high dollar backpack? Use up some of that
4: money, He's some of that birthday
3: grade, money you made up that for. Money. Use some of that play money ain't
4: hiring that young. They hire young. It ain't, they don't hire that young.
3: Now you try to make me sound petty and a hater, I'm not.
4: What I'm kind of, with you, by the way. I support you. What kind of backpack would he like? Would he want like a Spider-Man backpack or something? No, like a little a Nike bag, and I'm sure I can get him one for less than fifty. Well, then you should just go for to the third grade. With, with all due respect, you should just go to Goodwill and just buy one because they'll have them there. They'll have backpacks at Goodwill. Just maybe go I, maybe I will. There's nothing wrong with that. I mean, if you don't want to spend the fifty bucks to get a new one, go get an old one. I
3: I feel like you're trying to now make something digging. wrong with it. Yeah. Exactly. You heard? Did you
4: hear that? He, he positioned there. I feel there. like you're
5: trying to make
3: something <laughs> no, wrong with <laughs> I'm it. Yes, yeah. yeah, you get get are that wrong by with bringing. It. Let's move on all to right. that.
5: Man, got me triggered like Harrington on Jaron Jackson. Y'all are picking on Jasons wallet here and this one I, you're gonna have to help me on this one how much jason gonna spend for his crying wall that won't tell him what's wrong the number we've set is one thousand dollars what the hell are we talking about here over. Not, Under.
4: buddy's walls are crying
3: out this is the saddest story explain and, this so i woke up the other day Fates had a friend over spend the night needed you know needed needed a place to stay and i woke up the other day blaming that friend and my wife for allowing her to stay because in the guest room A little wet. I'd walked in there to turn some things off, and my foot, there's some water come up under it. Now, this is a carpeted room, okay? And so I'm saying, man, your friend came here and spilled something, all this stuff. Well, the problem is, I dried it up. I did it. She didn't do it. That's what happens in marriage. That said, I dried it up. Well, next day, there's still as much water, if not more, there underneath the rug. Pulled it back yesterday. Dude, I got water all over the floor it looks like it's coming from behind the wall. There is no water damage on the outside, of the, on the wall. Right. So I, I would have had no idea that I've got a deteriorating situation back there. Yes. Because on the front of the wall in the guest room, it looks fine. It's nothing. It looks fine. Again, just water. But I pulled back the rug today, pulled back the carpet today, and, and, and you, you know, you got to work to put. Man, dude, there's water all over the floor. And, and, again, it looks like it's coming from behind the wall. Now, above, the wa- uh, above us on the second floor, there's a toilet and there's a shower. We haven't uh, used the shower. Okay. The toilet occasionally gets used, it's attached to the man cave up there. I'm starting to yep. think that's it. But again, I can't see it. Again, if they've got to go behind that drywall, I'm through. What's the number? A thousand? We've set the number oh. at a thousand dollars. And to here's fix this. You know who I called?
4: I know who you, called. you know
3: who the wife called. He should have called McCully. You know who the wife called first thing? Who'd you call? The folks we've been complaining about. No,
5: not the people, the insurance people.
3: Home shield got no! Her, no! a warranty. Ah! Got a plumber on the way. No! Now, what I don't know if, don't a, do if a plumber's going to fix my issue or not. because now, are they going to send a blessing out there? Oh, Home Shield don't send a blessing, fool. Okay, that was Rabbi. when I had, again, the knockoff home insurance, the okay. home, home appliance insurance.
4: <laughs> right. Okay, I, I hope so.
3: And I haven't checked on them to see if they're still in business. A blessing going to show up,
4: honk from. the horn. <laughs> <laughs> Remember me, motherfucker. <laughs> you
3: know? They were like, you owe me 50 Now we paid the $50 service fee. Now you owe me that. another 50 Huh? If, if, see, not we don't. I haven't seen that brother in a minute. So you're gonna have some damage. Anyway, here. isn't it always some? It's. I got back. I told. I told my son the same thing. Uh, uh, yeah, John, John, yeah. And I talked about. It. If it ain't one thing, it's gonna be another on the house. You, you know. Getting, you are getting past the broken refrigerator. You got an AC car. unit that's out upstairs. That's right. You get past the AC unit. Yeah, it might be a car already that you're dealing with. Now you got water. Your your house that's is it. crying. Won't even tell
5: you what's wrong. Dang, that thing is emotional. Every Behind time the eyes. it's funny. Every time I have a friend buy a house, I say. They're all excited. and They're giddy because it's a crappy market. It, it, it's yours. And I'm like, but guess what, buddy? You in for some fun? It's, it's a money
3: pit.
4: Well, it'll, it, it'll, uh, it's good as soon as you think you're done. No, no. As soon as you think you're done, you got something else broken. And it's time uh, your your, too. your house in Raleigh was a money pit. Your house in Cordova is not a money pit. Because you've already Dude, you're, you're
3: always you're always sinking money it.
4: well I, when I think money pit I think always. like I can't I can't you, you get think the the you're money gonna back. lose on it period right. yes right. I
5: get that yeah. my point is that you're always throwing money into it that's nonstop no you're gonna put in yeah. and you're gonna put time in too like I got to deal with something uh, I got to get over I, there got to meet with a person I think it's, it's, I think it's than, a pipe
4: behind the wall from that toilet
6: upstairs oh God. It's, is what to I to me think.
4: it's better than getting raked over the coals by these landlords out here who are charging two thousand dollars a month in rent.
5: For, I for, loved for, renting an apartment.
4: For, yeah, but it's a
5: different I loved time it now, so man. much. It's it a
3: different my favorite. time. Did you see was it pepper tree I just saw on the news last night, man? The whole thing fell through. Them folks that were on a walkway. It all fell through. Oh, and they God. yeah, they fell down to the ground floor. Yeah,
4: renting just rent, on a second floor walkway. Renting is not what it used to be, man, because these these landlords are charging. Man, at they will not take care month. of the stuff. It's, it's look just just Google even the apartments Google rent
5: inflation. Just Dude, I, I I had a great experience Memphis apartments.
4: Yeah, I I look I read it too, it was depend on where you're at. Yeah, rent yeah. rent is the biggest cause of inflation in this country. Like if you just Google that, right? Um, it's the biggest problem facing our country. And, I will say in
5: Memphis, the one thing I love about Memphis, you can afford to buy a house here. Like it is it is low compared to the rest of the country. Yeah, the cost of living it's lower. Low, the maybe the lowest I've ever seen.
3: Yeah, Peppertree Apartment stairwell collapsed.
5: It, it's collapsed. Yeah, there were kids. Yeah, there were oh, kids on and everything
3: else. It was, uh, to John's point about landlords and these apartments. That's owners, that's more, that's... especially in the, in the lower income areas. That they sucks. Don't take care of that stuff. The at NPR
4: home. says uh, rents are up on average fifteen percent nationwide, and as much as thirty percent in some cities. I mean, that's absurd. That's that's absurd. That could, because inflation is not up thirty percent. Inflation right. is up nine percent. Yeah, but right? you got
5: folks who are living in a home. They're like, I'm gonna cash out, and they cash out, and they go rent. And then they got to rent. They got to they pay for that, just like they paid for when they, they sold their house and got that money, you know. they yeah, rent, expensive.
4: Rent's pretty predatory, you know. It can be. Mm. These landlords can be very predatory uh, in 2022. Anyway, uh, we'll come back. Mark G. and I is going to join us on the other side. We'll talk to him. Get his thoughts on Seth Hennigan, right? What kind of year is he in for this Memphis football team as they start training camp? Uh, on the other side, Jason and John. How
1: powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas Him, yes. Guests appear on the Superbook Sports phone line. Superbook Sports. Download the Superbook Sports Tennessee app today with Jason and John, live from the Tops Barbecue Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
4: Mark Giannato has seen Metallica in person eight times. <laughs> no.
6: It, it does feel like something you would see, though. I have not seen Metallica in person ever, ever, ever. Wow, he's seen that Virginia Tech beat though. Yeah, I I covered Virginia Tech for five years. I wrote a story. They did like a video one time because Virginia. Everyone associates like this Enter Sandman that entrance Virginia Tech does. It's not like they've been doing it forever. They started doing it in like two, like when they got good, essentially, like in ninety nine, two thousand. I love it. But um, no, there was one year where Metallica like recorded a video. Before they would do the intro and they'd play it in Lane Stadium. And so I did speak. I remember I did a story on it and I did speak to Metallica's manager. I couldn't, none of the none of the actual members well, of Metallica would well. talk to me, <laughs> but the manager. Got the manager I got the manager. Nice. I forgot what his name was, but yeah. That's big time. That's as close. That's mm-hmm. as close as I've gotten.
4: Well, Marginato's here in the building with us now. Uh, obviously, comes for the commercial appeal, hosted Ginotto and Jeffrey here on 92.9. Um, okay, we were talking about Memphis football. They start camp. They're starting mm-hmm. camp this week, and, of course, they're going to start their season a little bit later, uh, you know. A month uh, from now. Yeah, a month from now. Um, Seth Hennigan, mm-hmm. coming back for a sophomore season, what do you expect
6: of him? I, to me, you know, because uh, these coaches always say, a lot of them say, you know, the biggest jump happens between freshman and sophomore year. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm j- I think I'm just – I mean, he had a great year last year. He's a freshman All-American. Yep. Yeah. Um, you know, with him, it's interesting because physically he's not that impressive. I hope that's not coming off the wrong way. Well, but like, he doesn't have a rocket him. arm. Boy. He's not super fast. Like, what what's going to be key to? He's like Brady White to me. Like, that's what he is. You know, when uh, when you watch him, I remember when they signed him. Jeffrey watched his high school highlight tape and yeah. goes, "Oh." They signed the next Brady White. Like, and he said it immediately when he watched him play. Um, and so to me, when you watched Brady play, if you w- watch him, like the difference between his first year starting and his second year starting at Memphis, and now obviously he was a lot older than Seth is right now, what you saw is an improvement in decision making, an improvement in the command of the offense, and I think an improvement in, um, his deep ball. Now Seth's a little different. Like the the thing I look at with Seth, what's going to be key to, for him is it felt like last year, especially the first six, seven games before Calvin Austin got hurt, before Seth got nicked up too. Um, it felt like he almost at times was, all right, I, I'm throwing it to Calvin Austin or Sean Dykes and like, that's it. Like, I don't, I'm not really going to throw it anywhere else. And maybe that was a, Maybe that was probably partially because there was no one else getting open necessarily, mm-hmm. um, but I think this year he's not going to have those crutches to lean on in the sense that like his yep. receiving core is a bu- is a lot of unknowns. Unproven. you know, it's Javon Ivory who had a you know I'm going to be honest like a kind of a disappointing last. I think people were expecting a little more out of him last year. Um, he's got Eddie Lewis. The Rutgers transfer who came on late last year showed some flashes at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. He's got um, there's there's some good things being said about this Iowa State transfer Joseph Skates, um, who sounds like he could be a deep threat for them. But it's just going to be more on his shoulders this year because there isn't a there isn't proven commodities like Calvin Austin and Sean Dykes to throw to, and so. I think if you're if you're going into this thinking he's gonna make some giant leap, i don't I don't know. I, I think he was so good last year as a freshman that I don't know if there's a giant leap to make other than he's gonna have to be I think he's gonna have to be better to put up the same numbers as he did last year because of his receiving core. Mm-hmm. Um, and it'll be interesting to see how you know what does this offense exactly look like with the new offensive coordinator. Um, you know, Ryan Silverfield has said it's going to be the same offense, just, and, and part of the reason he wanted Cramsey and hired Tim Cramsey from Marshall is that he's got a reputation for, he doesn't have like a set system. He comes in and is basically adapts to his personnel. Um, so it, it'll be very interesting to see in terms what Seth does this season, um, I'd, I'm hoping for incremental improvement. That's how that's sort of how I look at it. And I think given the fact that he doesn't have a Calvin Austin and a Sean Dykes yeah. on this team, like I think that would be a great season for him. If he incrementally, like, slightly improves on what he did last year with a set of receivers that are completely unproven, like, that'll say a lot about Seth Hennigan, I think. and And then the other part of it is, like, you know, I don't know if it's pressure on him, but, like, ultimately, the fact is, I don't know if they actually picked him over Grant Gannell. but very clearly Grant Gannell thought they were picking him over Grant, Mm -hmm. and that's why he left, and that's fine. I have no problem with how the Memphis staff handled that situation. I think they were trying to slow play it so they could keep both, but it does put a lot of pressure. We saw last year when Seth got hurt. Like, that was ugly yeah. in that UCF game when he couldn't play. And he's got to stay healthy this year. Or any chances of this being kind of a a big year go out the window in my mind because you, there's not much behind him. I mean, Tevin Carter, may, maybe Tevin Carter could step in, you know, but that's a true freshman. Right. you know, and, and I know Seth did it last year, but that's rare. Um, and then they've got a grad, tra- you know, that grad transfer from Cal who has played. Mm-hmm. But go look at when he's played. It, has, you know, It's not like he's some great, you know, it it was ugly when he played. Um, it's nice to have a guy with experience from the Power Five, but, like, he ain't a Power Five quarterback. Yeah. Like, so um, they really need Seth. There's pressure on him to stay healthy. And also, you know, the bottom line is essentially they chose him over Grant Cannell. And that's a, you know, I think it's probably, you know, I I don't know. I'm not in enough of the practices to know if that was the right decision. But, and I don't think ultimately they did t- totally decide that, even though it appears he took most of the reps with the ones in the spring. And that's why Grant Cannell kind of felt he saw the writing on the wall. Um, and and I, like I said, I don't blame the coaching staff for how they handled that right. because, I think what they were trying to do was slow play this enough so that they could keep both for at least this season and then have one transfer out. But with the way quarterback quarterbacks are now and the transfer portal like you know, it was hard to do. And so now they have Seth and I you know, I I think he's a good quarterback. I think he's a you know, if he can if he can be the key for him because he doesn't have that rocket arm, he's got to be a good decision maker. Right. And I think that's where you could see some in, incremental improvement as well. But you know, I think he's going to have a good year if he's healthy. I mean, he's, he seems like he's got a, you know, he's like typical coach's son. Like, it felt like last year when you watched him, there was never a moment where he seemed overwhelmed, which mm-hmm. is surprising for a right. true freshman. And so if he can build on that, um, I think that's the foundation for, you know, if you're going through your hypotheticals of how does this season turn out really well, I think it's it's Seth Hennigan, it starts with Seth Hennigan, you know, to me, incrementally improving upon a great, true freshman season. You, you've you written that it
3: needs to be a big year. It's an important year. Uh, Laird Veach has said it. Ryan Silverfield has said it. You know, this is a, a very important time, obviously, too, with Convert's realignment. So I ask you this. If we're all assuming that Memphis goes down to Mississippi State and loses that game, I mean, mm-hmm. Mississippi State needs to win that game. That's game's at Starkville. How, how – doesn't it feel like to you that that next one at Navy, and I hate to say, a road game second week, you know, mm-hmm. is a must win? But is it not? Because if you start zero oh, two, just in terms of a, a program that's trying to draw all the attention and get the brand back to where it was in 2019, it just sets you in so much of a hole. I'm not. I'm not saying it doesn't. You can't bounce back from it. Period. But if you is it that isn't that a must win for a program that's in a year where it needs to? You know, it, it it needs to make noise again.
6: I mean, I think if you look at this schedule and you go, okay, how are they going to get to like eight, nine, ten wins? Those scenarios probably involve them winning at Navy, like a team that's like, picked tenth out of eleven. You know, right? yes, you gotta, you gotta,
4: that's that's the other part about
3: it. That's, yeah, I, I, it's a I,
6: down I, year for Navy. That feels you know? like a non-negotiable, honestly. Yeah, like you, like if you're if you're going running through scenarios in your head and you're going, how do they get to eight, nine, ten wins? I think every one of those scenarios involves a win at Navy. Yeah. Like that's the reality. I mean, this could go but like this could be an incredible beginning of the season where they, you know, knock off Mississippi State or give them a run for their money and then, you know, proceed to win the next 3 or win the next 4 and they head into the Houston game 4 and 1 or 5 and 0. Oh. This could also be a scenario like a disastrous scenario where as you mentioned you go 0 and 2. You know Arkansas State. It sounds like is down. You know with Butch Jones. So I'll pe- even even in the worst case scenario, let's pencil that in as a win. Yeah. And then fourth game of the year, you're gonna have North Texas coming here potentially with Grant Gannell as the starting quarterback. That could and like at home, if you lose that game, like that's a disastrous scenario because it's not only a loss to a team you thought you were going to beat, but it's also you know it would cast some doubt on the essentially the choice they made at quarterback. And then you know you're looking right there. Like you could look at one if you're one and three, like it'd be a disaster. Like it could go either. You know, it's probably going to go somewhere in between. You know, like my gut tells me they're probably going to lose to Mississippi State, and you know, I like I think there's a decent chance they're four and one going into the Houston game. Though I think think they got a decent chance. I think that'd
3: be a beautiful thing if they're four and one. I mean, they should.
6: Like ultimately, if this is going to be a good year you know you should win at navy you should win at home against arkansas state okay. and north texas and you should beat temple at home like that you sh- those should be wins that's where i'm at you know yeah. uh, if it's going to be a good year so um and then houston looks like it could be the best team in the league yep. and but you get them at home and you know they've been really good at the li- liberty like there's it, it's it's this is going to be a very interesting memphis football season in the sense that you know i i see a scenario where they go 9 and 3 I also see a scenario where they miss a bowl game, you know, like it, you know, depending on how this like. And what, and what happens if, if they you miss, miss a bowl, a bowl game, game? Do you I have? Mean, to I think you. Think? I, I would move on. Yes, I would move on if you. It, if it, it feels
4: crazy to me. Like it feels crazy to me that Memphis football would, would 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 do that. But maybe I've got to reprogram sort of the way that I think about Memphis football.
6: You know, like I just, the, I just think it's it's three million dollars. Like to me, if you if you miss if you miss a bowl game, that means three straight years where you're, you know, like the whole point of hiring Ryan Silverfield was to keep this thing rolling. Well, if you miss a bowl game, it's very clear this thing ain't rolling. Um, now, what gets complicated is, let's say they have another six and six year, or seven exactly. and five year, which is the likeliest scenario, yes, right? I mean, I, I that would be my, uh, you know, I have them pegged at like seven and five, eight and four. That's right. and to me. Eight is that threshold of you feel – you know, you'll feel – to me, if they get eight wins or more, I, I think you feel but pretty good. But even eight and four, people are not going to be, like, running around in the streets. No, yeah, but, but you I think you still, feel – you can sell no, – selling the yeah. progress. You can no, sell that. Seth will no, be back – hopefully be back yep. for a third year. You're going into a league. Like, let's just be honest. I mean, next year is really going to be a tell year in that it's the league as it's going to be constituted moving forward. Mm-hmm. And – there will be no excuses anymore to not be among the best teams in the conference every year, given the resources Memphis spends on football compared to the teams that are going to be remaining in the AAC. At least this year you can go, well, you know, Houston, UCF, Cincinnati, all, you know, they all spend as much or more on Mm -hmm. football. And, they you know, like those are, you know, I mean the troubling thing for the league is, I wrote about this last week at AAC Media Day, is the three teams that finished atop the standings at the end of last season and the three teams picked to finish atop the standings in the preseason this year are the three teams that are leaving. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a problem for the league. And, you know, I, like, I think what, like, I think as we go, fr- I thought in the moment when they announced the six teams that they were adding, I thought it was bad. It looks worse to me as we mo- keep moving it's closer so and closer. Like, I would have much, like, I would have much rather... Like, UAB is the only one that, like, kind of makes sense. Maybe North Texas a little bit. Um, I guess if you really think UTSA is on to something and it's not just the coach down there, mm-hmm. that makes sense. But, like, Rice? Like, that makes no sense. Charlotte makes no sense. Has no, like, connection to anyone in the league. Like, I really like what the Sun Belt has done. Like, I think, frankly, like... go Adding teams that make sense regionally and... Teams that other schools within your conference like playing against makes a lot more sense to me than adding Charlotte because you owe oh, the Charlotte like no one in Charlotte, Charlotte people like do uh, like UNC and NC State they don't yeah. like Univers- they don't like Charlotte like it's not like you're not gonna get the Charlotte TV market with Charlotte the UNC Charlotte or whatever mm-hmm. whatever they call themselves now like Rice like you're not getting the Houston market with Rice. Like it's just ridiculous that that's what they thought was the right move, and I'm sure the TV people. I guess you know, Mike Resco's a TV guy. I'm sure they advised him. I I don't think Mike Resco a dumb guy. I'm sure there's reasons for it, but now as we pull back, just seems like to me like the American is in a mu- like whereas the Mountain West and the Sun Belt seem to like hold steady throughout all this. The American very clearly like they were in a no win situation in that they were the t- league losing Houston, Cincinnati, and UCF. But it felt like they inflicted more damage to themselves in terms of what they were running. In terms of what they what they ended up doing, like bringing in six teams, three or four of which make very little sense. Yeah, it's like Florida, you're, you're, Atlantic. you're you're split. Yeah. Like
4: that's what that's what the power leagues like uh, want to avoid doing at all costs. Yeah, adding for the sake of adding and bringing in teams that do not add. Like, we have to share this pie, right? Like, we have to share what we get, Mm -hmm. and we don't want to do it. It's why the Big 12 didn't take Memphis the first time in 2016, or anybody, right? Mm -hmm. They said, yeah, we probably need to expand, but we don't really have anybody out there that's worth giving a slice of this $35 million annual pie to. Yeah, They eventually did it to keep up with the Joneses, and Memphis obviously was on the outside looking in. It's sad
6: because I really like – like, I think – in terms of football, I mean, this has been the best league Memphis has ever been in, the AAC yep. with these teams, and it it stinks. And like, what 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 I hate about all of this is it does it feels like like UCF, Cincinnati, and Houston are like minded with Memphis, like they strive, they are the schools in the league that most resemble Memphis in that yeah they're like little brothers to to the bigger state institutions in their league, but they strive for more. You know? Mm-hmm. Like they strive for greatness, even though people unfairly sort of care you know, UCF is in the shadows of like Florida and Florida State, Houston in the shadows, of all those Texas schools, Cincinnati to Ohio State. But they still like strive to be with those mm-hmm. And maybe they're not quite at that level. And like, that's like Memphis should be with those teams. Like, those are the schools that Memphis should be with. Louisville, you know, same way. Like, those are the schools Memphis should be with. And it's just sad that, you know, as of right now, it looks like they're getting left behind. Um, I will say the one thing that would make an,
4: like, a, like the decision complicated, is that Memphis statistically under Silverfield has had their best recruiting class three years running. So in 2021, they were 49th. 2022, they were 47th. 2023, they're currently 47th. So, so they're recruiting. He's recruiting at a high level,
6: right? Yeah. I So I have some – I don't want to come off as, like, too negative, but, like, I got a problem with, like, the recruiting rankings for, like at – the, at the level Memphis recruits at, like, three stars, two stars, like – you know, I don't know. I it's don't not know as many 2 stars, right? I mean, it's more 3 stars. Yeah, but two. like that's what I'm saying, like half three stars used to be Memphis football. Half the guys who they recruit, like I I know like people like, you know, for instance, like they just got a kid and, you know, it was reported oh, he had offers from Ole Miss and Mississippi State. Like right. like, like let's not be naive here. No, like yeah, yeah, that's fair. you know what I mean? That's like fair. That's fair. like I think these I think it's hard for me to judge like Frankly, like Norvell's recruiting classes were worse, but it felt like just in terms of players he brought in. That's right. Both as freshmen and transfers seemed to have more of an instant impact at times. Well, they they developed. They they, that's what matters in football. And then the other thing I think is that recruiting classes seem to me matter a little less because they don't necessarily include like the transfer portal is just as important as your recruiting class now. And, like, one thing I think we can definitively say is that so far, like, Silverfield has lost some stuff. They did a much better job in retention this year. But, like, in terms of the transfers they've brought in, the guys who were big names, none of them have really worked out. I mean, Eddie Lewis was okay last year. Asa Martin did some things last year a little bit, but, like... That that lineman from Michigan State just flamed out. He's not even on the roster anymore. Dobbs, the former like yep. top 100 recruit. Yeah. Julian Barnett, the other guy from Michigan State, from what I understand, still not number one on the depth chart. Tr- like going into training camp is yep. definitely a backup. Um, maybe this Skates guy from uh, uh, Iowa State will work out, Carmonte Hamilton, uh kid from Whitehaven who was at uh, Ohio State. Yep. They got him this year. Hopefully he'll Uh, Have an impact Mm -hmm. on the D line, Um, but I, I, you know, I to me, like, yeah, it's great that he's bring, like, I'm, it's good that he's bringing in these recruiting classes, but you know, ultimately, you know, it's got to show up on the field, and like, you know, I kind of look at it as, you know, maybe this is unfair to Ryan, but like, I still kind of look at him as like an, yeah, like he's not an interim coach, but like the contract he has is basically like. You know, I I don't think it's like it's three million dollars, and ultimately you got to figure out if he's the right guy. Mm -hmm. And you know, it to me, if you go, if you don't make a bowl game and you're Memphis at this point, given the schedule they have, like you know, I I don't, I, I, it's not my money, but like I'd move on and find something else. Now, if he goes six and six, seven and five, you know, seven and five, something like that, like you know, I don't, maybe if I'm Memphis, I don't want to spend three million dollars. Maybe that is right, but I think definitively to me. If you don't make a bowl game, I don't think that uh, to me I wouldn't, I wouldn't spend a second really thinking about it, and yeah, I'd I'd move on to a different coach. The stakes are too high right now. Exactly, like three it's million dollars plan. is like a drop in the bucket mm-hmm. when you're raising trying to raise one hundred fifty to two hundred million dollars for the Liberty Bowl. It, honestly, yeah. I would think of it as just like three million dollars. That's part of that project because no, i doing that's fair. You know, like yeah. it's you know, so the stakes are high, but you know. I don't know if he you know I think you know I think Ryan can be successful. he's got the resources he's been given the resources they're they're giving him what he needs and what he you know what he wants for the most part. it seems like over mm-hmm. there he's got a you know a promising quarterback. that's half the Out time the that you know that's right. that's the hardest thing to do. you
4: know, you're right like and I'm not comparing the two um necessarily, but i I, I do think when you have ambitious projects, You have to make sure that you've got sort of a face on those projects that, like I think about the facilities at Memphis for for the basketball program, those were unveiled with Tubby, right? Mm -hmm. But it was like they didn't even matter because it was Tubby as the coach, Mm -hmm. you know. So you had all these, you had all, and those got built, right? Like those were built, you know.
6: While so this is this is almost money was raised before he got hired, really. Yeah, yeah, that's fair enough. But I I think they. They were they were building it when I got here. Yeah, it feels like, and but it's in like, 2017. You, like
4: you're like, hey, we're doing we're doing all these uh, we're doing all these incredible things, you know, and then it's like Tubby, right? Mm-hmm. Who's like not, and, and again, I'm not comparing the personalities, but Ryan's got to win. You gotta you yeah. gotta you gotta marry the ambition with like somebody that's like, easy to get. Behind. I've talked
6: to numerous people, like you know, as much as the Liberty that Liberty Stadium project is important. But like, what's more? I think what's more important is that Memphis has to be winning nine, ten games every year. Mm -hmm. Like, it may be an unfair standard to hold them to, in that it's no coach other than I guess Norvell sort of has ever done that on a consistent basis in Memphis football history. But like, this is a historic time in college sports, and they might still get left behind if they do that. But their only chance. It's of beehive. of of doing that is being a having a brand of football mm-hmm. that people identify as oh that team like Boise State that you know like they win you know Boise State even though they've kind of fallen a little bit from their peak like they've had enough eight nine win teams game you know eight win seasons in a row that mm-hmm. people just like go oh Boise State football. Like I don't think Memphis is at that point yet. They were, you know, it felt like they were, they were getting, getting there. there. Nineteen you know, really
3: helped, but yeah, uh, you haven't added much. You there.
6: have, you know, it's, you know, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'll, I'll just be honest. Like if you go back and read my stuff, like the day they hired Ryan, I questioned the hire. Like I, I did. Like and so I, you can you can paint me as like, uh, you know, I, 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 don't care if he succeeds or doesn't ultimately, and mm-hmm. in, in terms of personally, like I, he's a nice guy and. um seems like he cares about the kids and cares about running a a good program. But, like, I thought at the time it was kind of – I was kind of like, huh? Like, the formula for your hirings were, were, you know, was this. And, you know, I I think the big what if is going to be – they interviewed Dan Lanning, and Dan Lanning wanted the job. And he would have followed more in the mold of, you know, Mm -hmm. hot, rising, young assistant – not offensive, a defensive guy. Right. He's now the coach at Oregon. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, that's to me, that's, you know, people are going to, you know, maybe there'll be some people go, it's only year three. But it's like, it's year three in the conference realignment age that's where right. things are spinning. Like, it that's ain't right. a normal uh, year uh, three. Yeah, that's just That's why, just true. I mean, that's why
3: Navy's a must
6: win, I'm yeah. telling you. Everything is. Get off this thing off to the right, off the, on the right foot. You Every- got, you got got You got to get at least seven. Yeah, like.
3: It's I, even, I I str- you 7 th- is it's you can sell it but it's like how much hope do you really well, have 7 7 will get point? another year like, they're not gonna, right, they're exactly. not going to fire a coach I'm, I'm who makes you. a bowl game but it doesn't I, get you excited you you got to no. be good to great to move the needle it's what you it's what I've always said and it's what it's what's yes. going to continue to be you can say it's unfair but it's the job for the coach at Memphis it just is what Period. it is
6: like he's he's the coach right after now. Fuente and Norvell like yeah. they raised the standards the standards are not what they were in 2010 in 2011 That's when, exactly right. when Justin Fuente got the job. It's just not. I, I would say even when Norvell got the job. I mean, the yeah. stakes the stakes are even higher than when
4: Norvell got the job, you know, because like now it's real. Now it's happening around you, and, like, you're, you, every day is a case. Every day you're trying to make a case. And
6: I, and I just go on, like, go back to, to when Ryan got the job. His sales pitch was, I'm the best guy to keep this thing rolling. Mm-hmm. That's right. what he sold us on. Sure. And... The reality is he's completely different than Mike Norvell. Like he just is. And I don't know, you know, in some ways in, in you know, I don't know the verdict's still to be determined on whether it's like in totally disastrous ways, but he runs a completely different program yeah. and runs yeah. a, you know, runs it differently than Mike Norvell did. And um, you know, that's that the way he runs it, it adds you know, you gotta win. That's right. Like you gotta win. Like ultimately he's he runs the program in a way where he wants to be judged on what happens on the field. And the reality is what's happened on the field the last couple of years is, you know, progressively uh, he's gotten progressive de- progressively diminished results. And like even if you go back to his first season where he went 8 and 3, like go back and look at some of those games like three of his wins that year were single-handedly like rescued from the dead by Brady White leading a game-winning drive or you know leading a miraculous comeback like you know it, it was in terms of statistically it was more like a six and six type season his first year but he had Brady White and so um you know you know maybe I, I probably think differently than some Memphis football fans but I you know I don't want to see I don't want to see Memphis Athletics get left in the lurch because you know the football program isn't Performing up to its yeah. capabilities. Can't take another step back right now. Yeah, yeah. Well,
4: I, I think that's totally fair. Mark, man, I always appreciate the Thank time, you, dude. Brother. Thanks.
6: No problem, guys. He, he
4: is Mark Genato. Catch him on Ginotto Jeffrey, two to four, reading at We'll come back with the rundown. Obviously, it's Tom Brady's birthday, so Jason will share his favorite memories, favorite plays, favorite throws mm-hmm. from Tom Brady. We also lost a legend last night, so we'll get into that and more on the other side. Jason and John, how do you turn to FM? Yes.